Hi, and welcome to our podcast. I'm your host, Howard Drukarsh. I've been a successful agent in Canada's largest market, Toronto, for over 30 years. And in the latter part of my career, I co-founded Canada's largest independent brokerage, Right at Home Realty, with a roster of over 5,800 agents and growing. In 2020, I retired to start this podcast, and it's been a remarkable opportunity to meet with fascinating and highly successful guests to find out about their careers and get their insight into our business. Today's guest is one of those people. It's Jordan March. Jordan, welcome to our podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. So let me introduce how you and I got connected, because it's a, it's a story of technology, kind of indirectly, I suppose. Um, okay. Uh, Jordan is the managing partner of the McPeak team, and McPeak team is at Surhant. And for those that may not be familiar with Surhant, that's Ryan Surhant, uh, who's obviously built a re- remarkable career um, in real estate. Uh, I met uh, Sean uh, in, a, in a clubhouse room. We got connected very well. Um, and we just, you know, it was like friends. We, we like each other. We stay in touch now. He was actually episode 14. Uh, we're up to episode 40 now. So it was quite a while ago. And right. uh, in keeping together or keeping in touch with, uh, with Sean, I asked him, is, you know, is there anybody else that you, you know, you think would be interesting? And he said, yeah, there's this guy that, you know, that we have on our team now. He's great. You'll love him. And I said, great. And that's how, you know, that's how Jordan and I got connected. Um, Jordan's. Oh. Yeah. And Jordan sent me his bio. And typically, uh, when I get the bio of, an, uh, of a guest, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll pick out some points. But his is just too full for me to memorize. So I'm going to turn it over to Jordan and uh, uh, tell our viewers all about you. It's a fascinating background. Well, where do we start? Um, thanks for having me again. And um, congratulations, 40 shows. I know it's a lot of work. Um, right. I'll take you back to... Um, I'll take you even back to childhood a bit. Um, so my, my mother was, uh, a trailblazer entrepreneur, but she had a lot of businesses that didn't necessarily take off the ground. She was sort of the one who fell a bit for some of the quick, do you remember those businesses like Quickstar? There was like Amway, right? Like Herbalife, multi-level marketing, a lot of great sort of fundamentals, not the easiest business to succeed in, had some success, tried a few different ones out, but she always tagged me along. Um, and I got to really sit in the room with a lot of these, you know, sort of great speakers, these great business men and women. Um, and she always used to play the tapes from Zig Ziglar and um, Napoleon Hill and, you know, Tony Robbins, you name it, you know, Rob Proctor, who just passed away. Right. I, I know, it, I know all of those. So yeah. your mom and I kind of followed the same path so far. Yeah. Um, and you know, she was really just sort of prepping me for what I look back now at, um, looking as my real preparation work for this business. Um, we were having to, of course, pitch people, do cold calls, you know, engage our networks, find creative ways to throw parties. You know, we were, she was the type, she would even take a table and put it in the middle of Times Square and start saying, all right, we're going to hand out some protein bars and some, you know, some samples of our items. And I had to be seven or eight years old, you know. Um, and, you know, I, I started this business very young. I got into this business primarily because I wanted to succeed in music. I had a passion for music. 
Um, and I realized after working at Universal, doing an internship um, between Universal Records and NYC TV, um, that I needed money to succeed in this business. And you start understanding the marketing and how the, you know, the, how radio works and all the different plugs that you have to sort of um, connect into. And I said, I need money to get in this business. And I had friends who were just sitting around and we were, you know, just kind of high schools at the time, kind of knuckling around. And they always talked about getting into real estate. And he says, I'll start now. And I have to be like July 1st. I'll start now. And I can finish the, the course within two weeks. I go, well, two weeks. I go, what are you talking about two weeks? He goes, yeah, the course is two weeks. I go, no, there's no way for a real estate license. What do you mean? You don't have to go to college. You know, goes, no, you just go to good school and you and I was like, and it was almost to the point, he says, how much you want to bet? <laughs> and, and I looked at it and said, oh, wow, okay. I was like, well, I can try this out, probably get some, you know, get a couple of dollars and, you know, get in, get, get my money for my music. So fast forward 14 years and I'm here. I started off with a boutique firm down in Soho um, with the um, Mark Fromm and Claudia Says from and a lady by the name of Carla Saladino. And they were, for me, my big mentors, not, you know, not excluding Revan Kittles and Chad Thomas. I just, you know, want to acknowledge them. But um, these people specifically had a lot of, um, you know, sort of, you know, they were very foundational in my growth because they were really much about doing it where you're selling yourself as a lifestyle. You're selling yourself as a brand. You have to know where people are. Are, are hanging out where they're eating, where they're shopping, where they're working out, where they're going to school. What's, what's the latest things. And, and they really positioned us to become experts in lifestyle. And it was an expert in luxury. And from there on, I've pretty much had teams. I've went to a company named bond. I went to another company called um, Ruttenberg and I've always had teams and pretty successful. A few years in, I had just a few personal things that were just bothering me, and um, I couldn't make money in the business. I was way behind on bills, and things were just piling up. And it was a really, really tough time for me. Um, I even had rented my, my my apartment out to someone who was taking advantage of me. So I was, you know, you know, on the other side of being a landlord, and it just wasn't going my way. Um, and I had a friend who offered me a job at probably a quarter of what I was getting prior. I think it was like 40 or $45,000. He says, I got a job for you to work in advertising and you're going to be an account executive and you're going to sell ads on these publishers, which are really big, but the job doesn't pay a lot at this level. You have to sort of work your way up. And the partners were Meredith, Viacom and Scripps. So all the television stations from Bravo TV to HGTV to Spike to Rachel Ray to Martha Stewart's, you know, Nick Jr., HGGTV, DIY Network, you name it, um, was a part of this network of websites, Food Network, Cooking Channel. And I got in a job and I took the job reluctantly. And it actually turned out to be one of the biggest blessings of my career because it opened my eyes and exposed me to an entire world of advertising, digital advertising that I didn't previously know about. And that also was taking each industry by storm in the last decade. Um, when you look at what has happened in real estate and in many industries, when you study aggregator websites, when you look at how an Orbitz or an Uber or Airbnb, and now in our, and now as it's Zillow, it's Street Easy have now dominated 
you know, the, 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 you know, the traffic as far as the incoming traffic and how people are finding out about real estate and the, and the transactions that they'll do. Um, and so I always knew I wanted to get back into real estate and I just, I didn't really love advertising. After the first month there, the manager comes out to me just because I had the most sales and says, I'm going to give you a promotion. I don't want you to tell anybody until the end of the quarter. It's one month in. So just hang out for two and a half. I was two and a half, three months, whatever it is. And I'm going to promote you to a manager. And I've never done it. And people are going to really push back on me. But I really believe that you can do it because I came in and I put my head down in the midst of everything that was going on and just got to work. But then I really, you know, it gave me another idea. I was sitting back and I was saying that, you know, the industry was missing the ability to now communicate with a wider reach, the ability to use these aggregated websites to our benefit. And I had this thesis in my brain. I say, you know, how do we now use the um, technology, the new fundamentals and the new acumen that we take into a 2022 business? where we can get, you know, when we can get uh, virtual assistants, where we can use CRMs, where we can do things at a, at a massive scale and use the internet to get in front of my buyer and seller in a more synergistic way than maybe leveraging just my connections. Because back in the days, you had your newsletter, you had your Rolodex, your cold calling, and that was where you did business, you know. Um, but we didn't really have the, the you know, the the wide reach of the internet and how Facebook really came and took over. So it was just mulling over in my brain. And I say, you know, I got to get back in the industry. And I did. And I went to a few shops, a few small stops. And one of them was, you know, managing some other VC companies that I thought would take off. And I was working for a company that was ran out of money. I was getting checks that were bouncing. And I had a baby at the time. And I was, you know, I was scared nuts. Because I said, who's going to let me borrow? I think my rent was 4000 bucks or something at the time. It wasn't cheap. And the, and the daycare was 2000 bucks. And I say, you know, what am I going to do? And I, and I just, you know, I said a prayer. And I just really had a lot of faith in this time getting back into the business. And, and I wanted to really make this make sense at, at a luxury level. And I, my old manager, um, Karen Fornash, I can't forget, because she was in San Francisco at the time. And she introduced me to somebody. Um, and she said, I want you to meet these guys. They run a company, a technology powered brokerage called LG Fairmont. And when I met the guy, said in my resume, we sat down, he goes, it's so funny we're meeting. I said, why? He goes, I was in your office at your last company, trying to buy the company. And I wanted to meet you. Wow. And I was behind on rent and I was behind on things. And I was, as I said, just because of the amount of money, who am I going to call and say, you know, can I get 6,000 bucks for the next month? Or when are you going to be back? I don't know. I don't have a job. No ma- no <laughs> and that can turn into 20, you know, no matter how and, good a sales you know, my people just didn't have money like lying around to say, you know, we're going to give him, you know, float him 15,000 bucks or 20,000 bucks, whatever he needed. But in New York, that's what happens, you know, when you, when you lose jobs and, you know, things don't line up. So he told me he was trying to meet me two weeks prior and trying to buy the company. They didn't have me in the same office in the same room. And that day history is made because fast forward two years later, we were recognized as the top 5,000 um, companies in the country through Inc. Magazine. We were noted as a top 10 brokerage in Manhattan, and we were disrupting the world of real estate 
with a similar thesis that he was actually buying advertising space on Zillow on Trulia. And then we were, you know, it's sort of timed up perfectly when Zillow acquired StreetEasy, which is the number one traffic website in New York. And StreetEasy emailed us a week prior and they said, we're going live on this new program called Premier Agent. I haven't really told anybody these stories, by the way. So it's kind of, you're getting a lot of the juice. And we went live. And I remember it to this day, it was like March 8th. It was actually, it was actually this month. This one month is March is kind of funny to me because when I, when I finally got licensed and when the street easy thing happened, because it sort of, we, we went to the stratosphere as far as deals went and we didn't really plan for it, but it was just that we knew that the internet and, and, and marketing was more powerful than any one person doing any networking. And we wanted to leverage that to our best abilities while still doing sort of the tried and true fundamentals of this business. So fast forward now four years and, you know, some things weren't really, you know, ideal in the company, but we had done a billion dollars in sales in five years. My team attributing to about half of that revenue and I managed teams that attributed to the rest. And I started teams and I've grown teams and I've trained now over 500 people. And it has been such a roller coaster and a whirlwind. And I was looking for my next stop, you know, and that sort of brings me up to Sean. I got a management gig at a really, um, really powerful institutional rental company called Mirador. And it was a really amazing job experience because they were very much just by the book. They followed every, they dotted every I, they crossed every T, every nickel, every penny. You know, what you say is what you do. And they lived in a world of, you know, just make sure that, you know, you stick to the facts. And it was a good learning lesson for me as much as I had a lot of success because I, I went backwards. I was working at a rental company. I said, why would I work for a rental company? if I'm They had a lot of great developers and partners. Um, but I was doing, you know, hundreds of dollars and millions in sales. And it taught me a lot to this day because I look at, you know, relationships and look at things different. And I think as brokers, we can sometimes overcompensate a bit, you know, um, just if sometimes because we're not feeling you know, the most, um, you know, sort of grounded in our value proposition or whatever it was. And I didn't like working there. And we parted ways about a year later. And I was meeting with people, meeting with people. And Sean was a friend of mine, Sean McPeak, from before. We would catch up, get a beer, watch the game, and talk about real estate for, you know, a few years. And he was aware of what I did, and I was aware of his work. And we decided to meet. Um, and it now it's fast forward about two years leading us into Sirhan, where we were initially at Halstead, which then merged into Brown Howard Stevens. Um, we were initially under the leadership of Diane Ramirez and, you know, felt that it was just a big, a lot, there was a lot of changes and we wanted something that was really going to propel us into the front of this industry. And, you know, we got a call from Ryan Sirhan and he'd said, I'm starting a brokerage and we don't even have an office space yet or we just got an office space and we're not even fully moved in wow. and it's not going to be, I can be here for long and we're looking for another space. And I was like, what, you know, and we talked about a lot of things and we just related on a lot of levels and fast forward now 15, 16 months I've been at Sirhan and it has been, you know, night and day what it's done for my business, you know, the collaboration and the, and the type of projects that I work on. We recently received the Inman Award for the best new development um, marketing of any new development in the country out of 500 other recipients. 
I mean, for under, under, under other nominees, excuse me. Yeah, I saw that. And yeah. <laughs> um, we were amazed with that such a boutique project, um, you know, that our contributions would be noticed um, in, 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 the, in the entire country among other content that we're doing. We're filming stuff, we're doing commercials, and it's just been such a a whirlwind and almost we're just, you know, holding on tight to our seats, you know, living in sort of the, the world of Ryan Serhan. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I'm sitting in front of you today as an effect of that on some level well, as well. Well, first off, anybody, uh, the viewers will see why I didn't want to go through this because <laughs> I would have never gotten all the detail out as well as you did, Jordan. So and it is a fascinating story. And the parts that will ring true to viewers is, and this is consistent with all our guests, we, we've never had a guest that came from a super wealthy family and therefore, you know, were successful. Most of our guests came up the hard way. They, they understood failure. They understood persistence. Uh, and they never gave up. And I think your, your career is a testament to that. And I, I truly love the fact that, you know, there's humility and there's no embarrassment about failing. Because, you know, if you don't fail, you, you, don't, you really don't appreciate succeeding. I've always been a big, you know, with my kids, I've always said it's okay to fail. You've got to learn how to fail. Because that doesn't mean it's the end. It's just a part of learning. And, and so what you've done is great. Uh, so so in, in what we do here, we try to find out you know, what can we, what can we share with our audience that will help them get a handle on what it takes to be successful? And, you know, if you looked at our 40 uh, episodes, we've had many of the, you know, not many, some of the top realtors in the U.S. from Bravo, from Netflix, yourself. Um, uh, and it's all the same story. You know, I always ask, yeah. were, were there any entrepreneurs in your family? It's always my first question. So obviously your mom, I mean, uh, I took a course from Bob Proctor. I read um, Think and Grow Rich. Um, I, like that was my beginning in understanding, not sales per se, but attitude. How, mm. how do, what do you need to keep to, to deal with the endless uh, rejection? Uh, sales is rejection. I mean, you, you can look at it many ways. And those that can handle rejection survive. You've obviously done very well handling it. Um, so I think your, your story has been great. Um, the couple of things that struck me when I was, you know, I was thinking, what would I want to ask you about? And you kind of alluded to it a bit. But when, when you, when you uh, join, obviously, you know, uh, joined Sean as the managing partner of his team. But talk about what it meant to you um, when you would talk to prospects about being with Sirhan. Because I don't think there's anybody that spent more money on marketing, office space, than the Ryan Serhant, and to say nothing of his courses, like he's he's like uh, there's endless energy and endless ideas. Right. So so tell tell us about you know what's it like about not only being on on Sean's team but you know being on the Serhant uh, brand. Yeah, so you know Sean and I, you know as partners, you know really just look to step into you know the the rubric and the blueprint that Ryan has created um, through his platforms, through how he looks at the different ways he can create income for himself and the way that he's built his reputation. Ryan is someone that, you know, has, as, as uh, 
and sort of endless ambition and motivation to get to the next level. I think a lot of us plateau. Mm. I did great. That was a great year. Um, you know, I have a good amount of followers. I have a good business and we're not getting radical about how we set goals and how we look at what we can handle. And I think everyone's different, right? But one thing is clear by Ryan Serhant, he wants to win and he wants to win big. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to play in his team, you got to step into the winner's winner's circle, which means you have to adopt a winning attitude and you have to have, you know, winning um, work habits and, and a winning work ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, because this has now also taken more time and more energy and more creativity and 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 it's pushed me more outside of my comfort zone than I ever have. I feel like I'm I'm first year in the business again, you know, because of you know what um you know we're being exposed to and having to take on as 22 22 marketers in this business. And that's not just a bit with Ryan Cern, that's with anybody at any brokerage. Mm-hmm. Now it's a TikTok. We did Facebook, and then into Instagram from Instagram. Now it's TikTok. In TikTok, we have LinkedIn, we have our mailers, we have events, we have so many things to do but it's got to get done and it's got to get done at the highest level. So I think for him, it was really stepping into the major leagues in a different way, you know, where a $10 million apartment and house is like a drop in the bucket. And it's how do I step into that reality for myself? And that's what we continuously do. And we're, we're working towards every day. The other thing I remember from the interview with Sean was I, uh, somewhere in the, uh, discussion i asked him about you know when does he talk to ryan and i think he i i think i heard him say 6 a.m he said no it's more like 5 a.m does that sound about right he's up at 4 4 30 every day okay. i'm up about five o'clock these days i'm, I'm probably maybe 10 10 you know 10 to 5 mm-hmm. and it's honestly because i'm very excited mm-hmm. and i've been very excited for quite some time now and Sean will probably be up around, you know, same time, maybe 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. And it's about seizing the day here at Surya. And I can't tell you how much it is, you know, with not just excitement, but you almost look at the month. You're almost like, oh, my gosh, the, mo- the year always feels like it's over. It's April, then it's May, then you're June. And we're just we're working. We're running around. We're doing so much and having a lot of fun. And they say when time flies, when you're having fun. And it's so true, because even now I look at the year. And as much as I'm excited for it, it makes me anxious because the amount of stuff that, you know, we all we, we do and have to get done. Um, and it feels like it's a little time, but we're having fun and it's cramming a lot. in. And I said, wow, time speeds up here at Sirhan. <laughs> well, well, time is not going slow, you know, well, you can Once tell, you start that day. You know, you can tell when you anybody who, who has any familiarity with Ryan, that there's there is this uh, unbridled energy. <laughs> that comes through. But what I'm finding, and, and I, you know, you and I never met until uh, one minute before we started to record this. But as I watch and listen to you, there's something that, that I think is one of the biggest assets that you have is you're genuine. And, and to, to your credit, that's what, that's people, and I go back to my training, you probably know this language too. The pe- when I started in real estate, there were, uh, you know, people that own the farm area, you know, and you try, yeah. you try to build up your own brand in that farm area. And then I found after a while I was getting listings uh, in the farm area and these people weren't. And I kept reading and training and this and that. And, and this is what I remember about, about, you know, I think it applies to every business, is people will list with people that they like and they trust, right? It, it's, Absolutely. And I think you've got, you know, you generate that. 
the other thing that will probably happen is um, Sean will probably be overwhelmed with people wanting to join his team now. So that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, and the New York market, you know, Toronto is not New York. I mean, you know, even though the prices have gone up here, um, New York is New York, right? There's only one big apple. So, you know, when you're when you're playing in the New York real estate market, you're LA is different. Um, but I think you're really exposed to the kind of wealth that you would not get in uh, Boise, Idaho kind of thing, right? I mean, right. it's just huge wealth that, that, right. that, that doesn't end. So I think, you know, it's, it, it's got to be, I mean, you've got the good. It's got to be a lot of fun, you know, now that you know you can do this. And, and the people that you meet, you know, at mm. that level, right? It's no wonder you get up at five excited. I mean, why wouldn't you? You, you don't know if you're going to meet the Queen of England, you know, that day, oh. right? So, so I get it. There's a couple of things I like to ask people because it also helps explain sort of the the technical or or the not technical but the uh, uh, procedure side of their business. Uh, sure. You, talk, you talked about technology in in your own personal world uh, of being a, a real estate uh, agent. What tech technology tools do you use to help you? Good. Yeah, great question, and I think it's the most prevailing question. Um, you know, as of the last few years, what do we use? CRMs, this, that. There's so many things getting thrown at us 100 miles an hour. And first, we have to even understand what we need, what, what, what helps our business before we can even understand what sort kind of things we're going to invest in. And I see so many people say, oh, we're on this CRM, that CRM, but what do you need? Because it's different for everybody. I am someone who likes to scale my conversation. So, you know, I think there's a few things. One is a, a CRM. There's CRMs are divided into sort of a couple of different segments. You have your conversational CRMs, which help you get a better hold on your book of business and your pipeline. And there's ones that are able to do more, um, you know, large scale farming campaigns, um, farming campaigns, batch campaigns, things you could do at a, at a, at a wider at, at a wider reach and scale. Um, so I, I'm someone who has a good dialer as well. I think it's essential to have a power dialer. If you want to get in this business, your brand's banking new, you want to get leads and deals after 30 days, you want to really make sure this business works for you. You got to learn how to get on the phone and you got to get your name out there. People, I tell people if the calls are coming in, the calls got to go out. Right. That's a great line. Until your phone rings, right. you got to ring the phone, but the phone's got to ring either way. Mm-hmm. And you should be having, a, you know, 100 conversations a day. So, you know, what does that look like? The beauty is now when I started working in even advertising, at least the systems that I use, we didn't have the multiple line dialers. It's one number at a time and it powered up and you got voicemails and you got call and you sat there for those 150 calls. Whereas now you can use Mojo, they have Red, they have Red 7, they have, I'm mean, excuse me, Vulcan 7, they have um, call tools, they have batch dialer. There's multiple dollars that are out there right now. I'm on batch. Mm-hmm. It's about 120 bucks a month. I like it because it's very user friendly and I can power up 10 numbers. Hmm. And then what you do is you want to start looking at what is going on in my neighborhood. You know, how do I start remarketing to these people? I have my personal network and I tell everyone, get your network out in your SOI, remove anybody that doesn't know your name. And then work with the people that you think that if you approach them about real estate, you wouldn't be so shy and bashful for. 
and that people recognize your name as well. So that the receptivity is there and you're going to see that with the open rates on emails. Um, I like also having on top of my CRM, I use close, which is helping me for conversational. It tells me when to follow up with certain people and make sure I doesn't, I don't really miss anyone. So it's very suggestive around the sort of internal, um, you know, the internal uh, typical um, sequences on what we should expect. Should I be speaking to someone in three to four days, whatever it is, but I like to go a step forward. And this is where you're going to, is going to get some real juice. I want to make sure that you guys are understanding the, the world of automation and the, and the world of doing things once, but having your evergreen content and material that you can start to bank on. So you can create what we call sequences, which is, if you look at uh, follow-up boss or HubSpot, I mean, they're able to set up what they call sequences. And they're what it is a series of automations that you can plan for the next two, three years, where I can send somebody an email for the next year. And I already have those pre-canned responses. So I make sure that all my holidays are you know, going out. I plan all my holidays top of the year. I know what cards are going out for St. Patty's Day, Valentine's Day, and Christmas, and so on. And you're looking at how do I remarket to these people once I get them? Because we all know that you have to remarket to your person. I think a lot of us, we do one mailing, we do one email, we're looking for results and it doesn't happen. And you have to really take people through a, through, through a story of your life and really have to take them to a path of what's happening and, and sort of create the need through them receiving the content in the first place and then remarketing to them and building that trust and that loyalty that comes with your consistency. So I use something like a MailChimp and or a broker loop. Uh, MailChimp, Constant Contact. These are mailers that you can do at a larger scale now. I want to reach out to five, 10,000 people. So that may be a little bit beyond your SOI. And it's also you're able to include rich media, HTML. You can put a lot of you know, beautiful embedded links in there and make it really pretty. Whereas some of the others, like my conversational CRM, you can put some links, but this is not something where you're going to have um, you know, a designed email, as you see from different brands, you'd recognize that email you every day with their newsletters or their offerings, right? So between the dialer, the mass mailing um, system, there's another one that's called, um, gee, let me see if I could find it for you since I'm speaking here. Sure. Um, and it's one that I, I like because I do believe in still also looking at your let's see here hold on i know i'm live <laughs> it's okay vamp it vamp till you're done okay is doing that and this one is called um it's right in front of me here they rebranded that's why it was initially called banner season now it's called mailbox power Okay. And what this is, is it automates the delivery of your personalized mailers and gifts, but it can do that in the sequence as well. So I may say, I want somebody to get one of my larger um, pamphlets in the first meet. So say I'm taking somebody through a for sale by owner. When I look at somebody like that, I say, okay, they between 30 days and 80 days, they're going to list with the broker, 80%. But I may not want to just send them one mailer because I realize that through remarketing is how I build the trust and the loyalty. The, the fact that people see my name in, in, in a repetitive cadence. So I would sometimes send somebody a bigger pamphlet 
send them a greeting card maybe four or five days later. And then maybe I send them a for sale by owner, you know, direct mail or send them a case study. But I'm able to um, create a sequence of different mailers that each one of my clients will get, whether it's a client I'm trying to prospect or maybe I want to make sure everyone gets a gift every year for their birthday. And it can automate those sequences too. So that's mailbox power. And again, once you set up the systems, when you write those emails or you get your deck ready, you're done. You got it forever. You just want to make sure that you give people the correct tags now is what I tell them. Because then you can set up triggers. If you don't know how to do all these coding, you can go on Upwork.com and you can find a guy who does automation, right? Upwork.com is a really great place to start. Um, even Fiverr, you know, is getting really popular. There's a lot of resources out there to get us helpful, but you may say, I want an automation specialist and people who are um, familiar with the different serums that you use. But a follow-up boss already has some of these already built out as long as you have the correct tags. Um, as I said, your MailChimp, you can just build your entire SOI and, or, and anyone else that you'd like. Um, there's another one I think called List Automate, I want to say, or um, um, something with Automate CRM. If you type in Automate CRM, I think it should pop, pop up and I'll make sure I get the correct links. But what it does, it takes you through different scenarios now. If someone says yes or no, if someone doesn't open or opens an email, maybe you want to send them that same email again if they didn't open the first one. Whereas if someone opened it, you want to take them through a different path of conversation and messages. So what I would tell people is start getting very creative and nimble on how you're starting to use these type of technologies to help automate the process because now you're not able to, you're not, you're, you don't have to take on so much. Mm -hmm. I don't have to email someone happy St. Patty's Day that we just passed every year because it's already done for me once you put an email on my system. So those, those, are the, those are the type of technologies I'd like. It'd be a full suite of a, of a dialer, a mass emailer, maybe a conversational CRM, and some that's going to help you do direct mails really well. So compliments to Sean for having you in charge of his team. Because <laughs> otherwise, who knows all this stuff? Not many people. Um, the other thing, and I'm just going to move on to a couple other things. I know I always promise it'll be about a half an hour. Um, the thing that I hope people take away from all prior to all the technology, and and the, you know the younger folks, uh, kids, young people who grew up with technology. One of the things I've seen in in the time when I was recruiting and dealing with you know when I was at that you know right at home realty, is a lot of people think that they can win in real estate by technology only. The, mm. the scary part of talking to people, they're hoping that their website will win. Please, everybody, oh. you know, listen, listen to what Jordan said. It's about talking to people. Simple. At the end of the day, it's going to funnel it, it. It all funnels back into the conversation. You can put it off. You can, I'm going to put this ad up or have this run. But then at the end of the day, there's somebody that's going to be on the other side of the call, the line, and you got to pick up the phone. Right, right. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up with two things. The next one, I think, if you were passionate about real estate, this one ought to go off. You know, this one ought to go off the charts. Tell us about your music career. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I I'm under the um, name. You can find me Jordan March. Okay. Um, I'm, I I do R and B pop, and um, I'm you know someone who's been writing music. I produce my music. I went to audio school. Mm -hmm. um, before the music industry, I was actually in audio engineering school. Mm -hmm. So I write and produce my music. I dance, 
I've been influenced by anybody from Michael Jackson to Notorious B.I.G. to, you know, the um, Earth, Wind and Fire, you know, to 90s music. I'm, I'm influenced by a lot of songs more than sometimes always the musician. Mm-hmm. Stevie Wonder, the greats, you know, yeah. Prince. Uh, Whitney Houston, some of these 90s greats and 80s greats are some of my favorites. Um, but I'm always releasing music, so you can just follow me and you'll see a little bit about what, what I got going on this year. Well, there's, there's, a, common, there's a common thread in my life. Um, I've always uh, enjoyed music. I play drums um, and I actually I'm jamming this afternoon with a group. And on Tuesday, um, one of the, this would be the provincial um, uh, group uh, called ARIA in, in uh, Ontario Real Estate Association. Uh, one of the former presidents 14 years ago started something called the Past Presidents Jam. And when there's this a- annual meeting, he sets up a night where everybody who wants to play with his band can play, and I'm playing on Tuesday. So it's too bad you're not in Toronto because you'd have a great time jamming with these people. So that's wow. that, you know that's an open invitation. If we ever get together... Um, be fun to have you jam with us. That would that would be fun as well. That would be a lot of fun. Okay. Absolutely. And here's the real here's the kicker for everybody. And you know, get ready to take it down. If people want to get in touch with Jordan March, what's the best way to do it? Sure. So you can email me at Jordan at Sirhans. Right. Um, I'll take emails. Otherwise, you can find me online. You can type my name in Jordan March on Instagram or any of the public profiles, and you'll see me. A few different profiles will probably show up because I separate my music profile from my real estate, but you can message me in either. Um, my real estate being Mr. MR underscore manifesto. It's okay. something that um, just became like a little moniker of mine because I love to manifest and I love to create. Um, so MR underscore manifesto or Jordan at Sirhant, S-E-R-H-A-N-T.com. Okay. So Jordan, a real, real pleasure meeting you this way. Um, so much for having you know, me. I, you know, it's just, if we keep going with, uh, you know, the, the, uh, some of the people at Surhan, I'm going to have to come down to New York and actually see how you guys work. <laughs> okay. We'd love to have, right. you know, love to have you. Absolutely. Okay. And um, your kids were nice and quiet. So whatever you told them worked. Uh, they didn't, uh, <laughs> didn't break into our session. I, I owe them a few treats. Okay. Um, thanks, Sean, for me, for suggesting you. You were a great guest. We really appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you'll have a great year and perhaps we'll get together again. Absolutely. would love to be come circle back around with you. Okay, great. Thanks so much, Jordan. Love to see you again. And, and thanks for being with us today. Thanks so much. Talk soon. Okay. Bye. We'd like to thank Jordan March, and we'd like to thank you for joining us today. And if you liked our podcast, please like, comment, and subscribe on your favorite podcast network or on our YouTube channel. And to get in touch with us, you can reach us by email at info at rewithhd.com or on our website, rewithhd.com. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.